You're listening to Season 4 of Views from the Bridge, your second favorite podcast about the Philadelphia Union. We are a part of the Beautiful Game Network. For soccer podcasts, writing, and any other content, visit bgn.fm. Let's get right to it. Do we want to be a good team, or do we want to be f***ing great? right like hi welcome to views on the bridge your second favorite podcast about the philadelphia union and dropping um or may, maybe i don't know who knows let's we'll find out we'll find out we'll find out anyway um mathematically proven to be most of the time your host i guess evan Blala. hi good to see you good to be seen see how the three members of the gang are here um let's try uh justin ashcraft first please what's up evan how are I'm you doing all right friend how about yourself I'm doing great. Doing great. We'll take that. We'll take that. And hey, um, it's not just the two of us. Thank God. Chuck Booth also here. Um, yeah, I, I am. Living your best life or something. because I can't actually see anyone. But mm, mm. Well, it's eh, for the best. Eh, I'm living. You know, it's better than not, I think. <laughs> um, and. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You know, it's it's a good thing MLS play started back up and we won because the ending of the League's Cup was so um, abysmal for us. Was it? Um, well, was it? Um, <laughs> we got to beat up on a bunch of kids to uh, get a CONCACAF Champions League. Sorry, CONCACAF Champions there Cup you go. because it's no longer a league yeah. spot early. It's true. It's true. And we'll take a third place, I, I guess. It, also, yeah. Oh, I was say, also, I think we do need to give all of the fans credit for one, booing Messi, and two, not turning this into the absolute love affair that was um, Miami's home in Harrison, New Jersey this past weekend, where there were more than 10 chance of we want Messi before he got on the pitch and uh, everyone was just so happy to see him instead of root for the Red Bulls to win yeah, yeah. well you know and it was nice to see what Red Bull Arena looks like when it's full because um, <laughs> that was a, that was a, I was like oh that's a stadium they have there um, too bad uh, what happened to it but yeah I mean, I will say, yes, I mean, I, I agree with you. Like, it's it's ridiculous, the fans. But when the club shop starts selling a jersey for the, or t-shirt for the other team, that's when you know it's it's bad. <laughs> well, and was that... Oh, yeah, no, I mean, they sold their souls and then everything sure. else. But was, was that um, sort of started by Leagues Cup? Because I didn't realize that, like, you could buy a Cholos or uh, Queretaro, like, hat and or jersey in the Union Team Store. And was that, and, and now I'm just convinced that was a back, kind of like a backhanded way of getting messy stuff into everybody's shops. See, it's it's tough because you would have probably said like before it's because you know none of the Mexican teams can actually play in Mexico, so the best you can do to help them is like give them a slice of merch sales for when their fans visit your stadium too. But like 
then when you look in retrospect and like every decision that the league has made can be also taken as a backwards way of enticing and monetizing Messi. Um, it's just really hard to <laughs> know anymore. It's yeah. Yeah, well, for sure. But hey, you know, uh, go ahead and the season pass and scroll through your 25 messy options, and then you might be able to watch some MLS games. <laughs> you might finally Sorry, get to, I uh, didn't remember to, that other MLS teams game. existed. I'm blissfully unaware of all the other ones besides uh, the Philadelphia Union and Inter Miami. <laughs> That's probably good, though. You know. Yeah, yeah. You know, I will um, say for for my personal well being, um, it is again the worst decision that MLS ever could have made stacking these matches at the same time. Because now, just about every Saturday or whatever, at 7.30 p.m., I am here writing about Messi while out of the corner of my eye watching the union. Well, well. Yeah. And you know who else watched Messi? Andre Blake. (laughs) In what might have been... What might have been the union's worst performance? And I, I don't, I don't. I'm trying to put a word after that, and none of them are coming to mind. It's I mean, the worst performance since what I thought was rock bottom of letting Montreal come back from. I forget if it was two or three goals down like five years ago. Yeah. Um. It was a it was a it was a bad performance and I there's not often that you can look at a union game and be like uh half the reason the team lost that game is because Andre Blake um and and that might be the, it might this might be the only game ever no, that no, you look no, at the No no I don't agree with that I don't know it's because um half the reason that the team lost this game is Jim Curtin and yeah. well, yes, the, that's the other, other and the other, I, I would give twenty five percent to Andre Blake and twenty five percent to Nathan Harriel. Yeah, you're probably right about that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's just more uh, when it when it's a keeper of Blake <laughs> who has played in big games before and has. <laughs> seen big stages before and played against big players before like you don't expect him to fall apart the way that he did in that game Nathan Harriel on the other hand (laughs) has not had that much experience against this quality of opponent but well it's even funnier like his face messy when you let a goal in from 35 yards out it's on the ground that you just need to take two steps and dive at, like, and you let that go in. Yeah. I don't that's, know. That's pretty much so, a clearance yeah. six days of the week, I think. But it's also like, so at the end of the day, like, do we care? Um, no. Like, I get, like, I get, yes, it was a chance at a remanufactured trophy that looks like a rim that should be on a car. Um, But when 
I'm sure the the prize money difference between like first and third isn't actually that important in the grand scheme of things. And the actual prize for finishing third is basically the same by already wrapping up your Champions League. Right. Like you still get the Cup League, whatever money next year. So it's fine. Um, But yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I thought about it and like, I think the problem with anyone in MLS under or at 30 right now having Messi come in is they grew up like idolizing those Barcelona teams and then they get on the field and everyone just kind of goes, Oh shit. It's that guy and that guy and that guy. And like, I'm glad that we've only, or we only have to watch our team go through that once. And we're not in a Charlotte FC situation where now they play two games against Miami back to back home and home. Basically where it's like, we're through it, we're going to finish with a playoff berth, and we have Champions Cup next year because we finished third in the um, Car Rim Championship. The Car yeah, it's Rim gonna, Championship. It's going to actually, I, I am curious to see, because this week Nashville becomes the first team to face Messi for the second time. Um and I mean, they did pretty well the first time around on like the union. Um, although I think if Julian Kranz had actually been healthy, then we're probably looking at a different game anyway, because what frustrated me the most about that game wasn't the union giving up goals. It's the fact that Miami was wide open if the union could just connect five passes and they just couldn't do that. Yeah, and that it's true. And like, and I think whoever was announcing that game, and I don't remember who was announcing that game. Um, whoever was announcing that game, it talked about how like Gazdag was sitting on Busquets' shoulder the entire game, and like he was for a large portion of the first half. And like, if he had just let Busquets go a little bit, like, and played <laughs> offense when, like, you don't need to play defense against Busquets when. Philadelphia has the ball like that you don't have to and like I'm not sure what Gazdag was doing other than just like oh I got just got to stay close to Busquets but it's like yeah but if you got an open lane like take it like if you got an open run into the box take it like don't you don't have to sit on him that hard you know and so I think like trying to figure out like yeah I think Chuck you're right it'll be interesting to see as teams start to play this Miami team again and realize probably the way you win against Miami is you beat them five to four on a you know in a scorcher but like that's the way you beat Miami because they they are not good defensively they didn't you know they added Jordi Alba but Jordi Alba is more of an offensive addition than a defensive addition at this point and so like you just have to get behind them and and you're gonna be able to put up goals so um if Dallas can do it other teams can do it (laughs) yeah and, um, you know, like, those guys, Messi, Alba, Busquets, like, they're not young. And Messi wasn't necessarily known for his pace anyway. They're just technically better than just about anybody that's been in MLS to this point, period. Um, and there's only, you know, three or four guys that I think are even close in, in the kind of modern era 
um, Giovinco comes to mind, but other than that, like, it's a really short list. <clears throat> and so, yeah, I mean, Justin, you he's right, not like, technically close to them because Giovinco was just able to be a pace merchant. Like, well, I think yeah. you're probably looking at, like, Schweinsteiger. And that's, like, it. Because, like, it's not like we saw an even useful version of Jared and Lampard who should have been close. Um, and I mean, still the most impressive bid season joining and my bar for Messi in this league is Didier Drogba, because what he did going to Montreal and just powering that team through everything has been just the biggest in-season turnaround that it, I've seen until now. That's that's a shout. Yeah, I mean, I think the other player that you probably could throw up there is Laton, and obviously, like the way that Galaxy have seemingly fallen apart since you know slowly since <laughs> Laton was there, uh, shows you how important he was to that team too. But um, yeah, I don't. Yeah, there's not really anybody close. Technically, technically speaking, um, there's not really anybody close. Yeah. Um, do we have other thoughts on the League Cup as a whole? I thought it was fun. Yeah, I liked it. I'm sure we're biased because our team did well, but. Yeah, I like. I. I don't know what the appropriate place for it is it? Because, like, stopping the season for a month while it was fun still wasn't the right decision. And you're seeing, I mean, just from all of the injuries and teams that if they went out in the group stage, just like sat around and did nothing for three weeks. Um, like it wasn't great for them. But then also, I don't know how you run it in this capacity without stopping league play for a month because you can't really space it out when you already have Champions Cup and Open Cup and other obligations going on. Yeah, I didn't... I, I'm kind of the same. I didn't mind the tournament overall, and I'm not going to be one of the vocal, like, oh my gosh, it was so bad because the Mexican teams had to be on the road for a month and blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm not... It's not that. It's... I mean, I think there's issues to work out, but I think anytime the first time, like... We're just such in it, like, we're, we're so far into a, like, um, immediate gratification culture that everybody expects that the first time you do something, it's going to be perfect, and you're going to think through all the issues, and you're going to figure it all out, and I just don't know that that's how the world works in reality, and so I think, like, for me, looking at this tournament, like, it was fine for a first go. Was it perfect? No. Could it be adjusted? Absolutely, and they should probably think about... Uh, playing some of the games in Mexico at some point in time or doing like pod games where all the teams come to a specific point and play a couple games or something. But other than that, I mean, I think it was a fun tournament. I think it's good to like, even the, even the third place game, I think, yeah, it's kind of like, why are we, okay, cool. Like other than the champions spot, like why are we playing a third place game? But it gives, you know, it gives some of the younger players, you know, both, 
from both teams, like an opportunity to play and um, to feel the pressure of a tournament game and, and all of that too. So I liked it. I, you know, I'm, am I disappointed in the fact that our tournament run came to an end because of Messi? Yeah, absolutely. But, um, you know, got to figure it out for October, November, because that's probably the strongest opponent you're going to face then too. But hopefully you don't face them. Well, that would be good. <laughs> That'd be nice, you know. Um, well, and then, you know, League Play started up in earnest. MLS <laughs> is back, but not not like that. Like, it wasn't MLS. Anyway. And uh, the Union traveled to D.C. United and do the thing that we apparently just do to D.C. United now and play them off of the field. Yeah, I'll admit I didn't watch a ton of this game. I had my eye on it, but I didn't watch a ton of this game. But it definitely looked like, yeah, it, three was generous. Like we we could have scored a lot more. <laughs> and uh, but it is what it is. We got three. Got out of there with three points. Kind of what you want coming off the league's cup. Keep it rolling yeah. till the end of the season. Yeah, it's just facing DC is fun. <laughs> um, like there are those teams that like you just hate playing against looking at you Montreal and New England just because they muck up a game but DC is not good enough to do that and just every game is just everyone on the union trying to score as many goals as they can I think, and and really, I mean, that's what you want from these last, what is it, six games the Union have or something like that left. Um, You know, you just got to win. You just got to win and get as many points as you can uh, and stretch your goal differential as much as you can over the next couple games and, like, hope that, I mean, in some ways, I guess, hope that other teams at the top of the table kind of beat each other up a little bit while you're winning games. But, um, you know, the question... I guess the question becomes like with Miami on their tear, like, do you want to finish first in the East? Cause then your top of first opponents probably got to be inner Miami. So yeah, I know Joe Tanzi was like, um, wrote about that. And I mean, honestly, yeah, it's like, you're pretty, pretty content with second right now. Um, which I know, like, with the actual play-in games and lengthening of playoff series, like, it's supposed to be more of incentive to get first. But right now it's like, yes, Cincinnati, you can deal with that because everyone would rather play you. Yeah. I do think it's like the – I think – yeah, I think you just want to go into the playoffs a good form. You know what I mean? And I think that's true almost any year, no matter kind of where you find yourself in the playoff race. It's like you just want to go into the playoffs in good form. Like if you end up second because you lose your last three games and you had a chance to be first, then I think that doesn't feel good necessarily going into the playoffs. But I'm not, you know, coming down to the East final, if it's us versus Cincinnati in Cincinnati, I'm not all that worried about that game. So I don't know. It feels like you just you just win as many as you can from here on out and see what happens when you get there. Yeah, it's uh, 
take care of yourself and do what you can do on the field to put yourself in a really good position. Um, and then, you know, whoever, you just beat who's in front of you after that. And yeah, <clears throat> like, yeah, you're, you probably want it to be any other team, really, just given the form and, you know, how, how not great you played against Miami in, in the first go around with, you know, Messi there. Um, but also, we're going to see what it looks like when, you know, these guys have to travel in the in the U.S. and and deal with that. And what kind of wrinkle does that do? And, and you know, there was all these reports of, well, you know, Messi likes to play. and He's going to want to play until he, you know, physically can't for whatever reason. And it's like, all right, that's great. But let's see how true that actually is. Also, just um, Jesus Christ, uh, we will know very quickly if the union are ready for the playoffs or not um because like while this this weekend should be fun facing toronto these are um the other eight of the nine remaining games um home versus new york rebels home versus fc cincinnati traveling to face charlotte home versus LAFC, home versus FC Dallas, traveling to Columbus, home versus Atlanta, home versus Nashville, traveling to New England. I don't know. It's it's so interesting because, like, where the union are at this point in time, there's nobody that, like, I think back to the way that I felt as a fan five, six, seven years ago, and... You know, there would be teams that would come to to whatever the stadium was called at that point, PPNL Park, and you would, you know, it, like it's like ah, this is we're gonna lose, like you know, yeah, sucks. no, I don't, you know, s- like whatever, not, yeah. And so it's, it's just like right now, I, I look at that list, I'm like, okay, yeah, LAFC coming to town is gonna be a rough game. Going to, uh, you know, playing against Cincinnati at all is gonna be a tough game. Columbus is always not fun. Um, so like there's there are those games that I look at and go oh that's not fun but like can we beat any of those teams absolutely oh, well, maybe other yeah. than LAFC the... absolutely so like I don't but know they just, just need to play well thing. it's not yeah it's not that they scare me at all it's just that more than half of those teams are going to be in playoffs facing the union yeah. again right. and also coming to Subaru Park to do it um. So it'll just be very interesting to use like these upcoming games as a true litmus test of yeah where this team is. Has Jim Curtin, I mean, honestly, just learned in preparing for big games because until proven otherwise, like his one major weakness is not setting the team up appropriately for important matches against top teams. I, so I was actually thinking about that a little bit after, after losing to Miami, because I, I had, you know, I'd seen people, okay, Jim, you know, and I'd seen all the tweets, like, uh, here's all the losses of the union pad with Jim Curtin as a coach, blah, blah, blah. What's interesting to me about it is like a lot of those games in which 
like a lot of the games in which they lost. I I agree that there were some of those that Jim didn't set the team up well for success. But there was a lot of games that required some work to even get to those games that Jim did fairly well in. And and so like I think back to okay, yes, we got knocked out of the playoffs that one year because of half the team got covid. Yeah, I'm not worried about quote unquote. Like but like that. the week before that, we played a really good game and like won a really <laughs> big important game. And so I'm wondering like, okay, yeah, have we lost finals that we should have won? Yes. Have we, you know, did Gareth Bale beat us, you know, a, yes. But like is that all on is that so, all on Jim or does the only the final game matter? Because like we so won games to get us to have... that spot. So, I mean, there's a couple of interesting things that I think the two biggest come down to um, the right back position. Because, like, when Mbizo got his red card and destroyed everything against LAFC, like, it was clear that he was going to get a red card during that game. And Jim Curtin didn't just pull him. Um and then you run into the same scenario where you're playing a back three. Realistically, even if you're going to play the system that was played against Miami, I don't understand why, even though he has improved going forward, why Nathan Harriel is the choice for a right wing back position, especially when you have a right back that can actually cross in those positions while yes we're still in a bit of a weird spot with the transfer request that apparently wasn't accepted because of visa issues and just always running into the scenario of like a player that wants to leave but not being able to um but it's like if he's gonna still be here that's the spot that you need to use them in. And if you're not going to use them in that spot and you still have two available strikers to play your normal 4-4-2, why aren't you doing one of those things? Agreed. I'm not saying everything isn't Jim's fault. I like, and I agree with you about that. I'm just wondering, like, so if you take it, like, yes, you can look at all the finals and you can say, okay, we lost all these finals, blah, 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 blah. I wonder if you, I, I, I guess I wonder if you look at Jim's record in knockout games. Like oh, it's an just awesome record in knockout games. Knockout games. Yeah. Like, he's won more than he's lost. So I'm just wondering, like, where the reputation comes from. Oh, oh, he always loses the big game. He doesn't always lose the big game. Yes, he's lost some, and the Union haven't won silverware because of it. But when you yeah. win four on your side of the bracket, and then you get beat in your last game, that doesn't mean you're bad at big games. That means you lost the one big game. So I wonder, I just wonder that sometimes, like, are we giving, are we saying, oh, because he lost these finals, he's not a big game coach, but it's like there were big games to get there too. So, yeah, and it's definitely know. down to the finals because the finals are always what shines biggest. Um, Cause he clearly does a great job in getting to these finals because the union wouldn't be there if he wasn't setting them up to do that. It's just getting over the hump when this team has just literally done everything in the past five years. Right. Except when a knockout tournament. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's uh 
<clears throat> I don't, I mean, there's not another coach in MLS, I think, that you take over Jim as an entire body of work. I think it's just this, like, very weird thing where you can't point to a lot of teams in sports that are, like, that almost successful for, like, that long of a period of time without winning something to show. Yeah, that, the well, that Buffalo Bills team. <laughs> that's what I was going to say, that Buffalo yeah, Bills team. Yeah, but, like, that's, that's not even a soccer example. Yeah. Like, like, there's not a whole lot of, like, you don't have a team make it to the finals of the Stanley Cup, like, six times in ten years, and they lose all six of them. Like, you don't have... I mean, it used to be Manchester City, and I think your best soccer example right now is probably PSG, because well, winning yeah. games in France doesn't count. Um, I know they've still won, like, knockout trophies, but it's just a little different yeah gives the touch um yeah no but i i agree with with both the points like yeah you have this always the bridesmaid kind of vibe going around but to justin's point like who do you who do you want like there's no no one else out there where i'm like oh yeah like geo seven race well yeah i don't i mean i don't even think it's necessarily that you even want a coach you just want all three of your best attackers playing yeah. like all three of your best attackers because the only thing that I really came away with from like facing Inter Miami is if you want to win, you get your own Messi. Yeah, or you get. I mean, yeah. The, the thing that struck me, and, and I know the announcers talked about it, and so that might be a little biased, but, like, the thing that struck me about the Miami game was, like, the, you could tell the Union were totally off their game. Like, they were not playing the way that they normally play soccer, and that's what bothers me is, like, when you – if you're a team that plays well and you're pretty successful anyway, just because Messi comes to town doesn't mean you <laughs> should change the way that you play. And so that's what I'm. That's what I was frustrated about. And similarly, like if you do have all your three attackers, best three attackers on the field, and they're performing semi well, you probably score, you know, several in that game and potentially make it a, you know, more interesting game. But I think, you know, I I just I don't know. I'm I I'm kind of like. You, Evan, that anytime I think about, okay, if I want a certain coach or a certain player or whatever out because they're not performing well, it's like, what is the alternative? And like, who is the alternative? And right now, I just don't know that, you know, could the union go get some foreign coach that is really good and does really good things with them and maybe is better than Jim? Maybe, but like, is that likely? Probably not. And I'd rather stick with the same coach we've had for nine years than go find some other coach and fire him in two years and go find another one and fire him in two years. So, kind of where I'm at. Um, speaking of foreign things, it's Toronto FC this weekend. Uh, without... John Herdman, who's not starting until October 1st, I guess. Um, but with Lorenzo Insigne ready to throw another hissy fit. Right. Yeah. What a goofy 
Talk about bad squad makeup, I guess, which is our theme of the evening, is good teams or bad teams. Uh, this was a decision that, that uh, MLSE made last year, and it is not working. Um, it's just so lovely being right about him not being enough to turn around Toronto. Because, like, I when he initially came, like, I got so much shit just like because even if you look at his entire body of work like i mean it's fine it's not transcendent team changing for a team that's been caught in a pit of despair for years good um and shocker he got here and he hasn't even been their most important signing since he came because that's been bernadeschi Yeah, it's 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 uh I don't know. I I might be a sucker for I don't know, negative stories or something, but Oh, I it love, is fun when a player I love watching this burn to the ground. It is absolutely amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's all good. We should it's another it's another winnable game and if the union don't win it, I'm not really concerned, but I'm like what just happened? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, anytime we're to do our first annoyed podcast in a while. Oh, that'd be fun. Um, <laughs> anytime a report comes out that's that bad about your team, and then like nothing really happens, uh, that's that's always fun to be. I'm sure involved in any of the other franchises in the league because you're like, well, we're not that. Uh, <laughs> so. Hopefully, yeah, the union, you know, who are a cohesive team that have played together for, you know, two or three years now can just kind of keep that rolling and add on some misery to Toronto FC's very sideways season. Yeah, there's several there's several places you can look around the world right now and be like, well, we're not that. So red is a theme uh, for you both know, those places. I'm thinking this. Of. this this the the Spanish Federation being oh, for sure. We're not that. We also just um, didn't get a mugshot taken and broadcast to the entire world. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, all that to say, the union should beat Toronto FC, and um, then we can all go after the game and say, "Well, we're not that," and that's nice. We're not. <laughs> But if we got if we get beat by that, then we can do an annoyed podcast. And you go, and... I'm annoyed, but at least we're not foundationally that. <laughs> and that covers a lot of the facts. God, we, we really are spoiled right now. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it is just points. It is just points like this when you you just have to take a step back and realize just how far the union yeah, have come. Yeah, yeah. Because we used to be that. And we're not that anymore. Yeah, if you get that annoyed by it, just go down to, you know, the first team training or whatever this week and go, Ernst, do you find all your players on Football Manager? And he'll go, no. And then you go, Ernst, do you hate women? And he'll go, no. And you're like, grand. We're fine. <laughs> and that's it. That's the bar. <laughs> that's the bar. That's, that's... And plus, plus, plus we're winning on top oh, of that. We're not, you know. I forgot. It's just... You yeah. Know. Firmly in the playoff spots. 
because there are not many of. And, uh, yeah, good good for us, truly, is, is really the takeaway. If, if you're not firmly in the playoff spots right now, like, yeah. what are you doing? Just stop playing this year, really, at this point. Pack it in. Um, all right, yeah, at VFTV Pod, tell us um, what you're <laughs> thankful that you're not this week as a nice meditation practice. And we'll get back to you. Um, we're giving gratefulness vibes. This yeah, week. yeah. It's it's a very it's a season of giving because we don't really play soccer in November, so we have to get our get our Thanksgiving in early. Oh, but we will this year. Hopefully, well, actually, we legitimately, well, yes. No MLS playoffs are that long. Yep. Yeah. Well, you know, we'll we'll put a. I don't want to yeah, corporate words. I'm good. Anyway. Um, yeah, let us know how you how you found the podcast. Let us know how you feel about Toronto this coming week, and uh, we'll we'll talk to you guys soon, I'm sure. That's it for another episode of season five of Views from the Bridge. You can find us all over the internet: Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at VFTB Pod. Did you enjoy the show and want to show your support? There are two ways: you can head to Design Tree at dsgntree.com/vftb for our latest merch, or Buy Sabir at ko-fi.com slash vftvpod. Thanks for listening and your support. Views from the Bridge is a podcast of the Beautiful Game Network. For Evan Villela, Chuck Booth, and Paul Catrino, I'm Justin Ashcraft, signing off.